<laughs> Should I say my name? They yeah. know you. Yeah. Okay. Hi, my name is Chris Franica, and this is Out of the Boat. This is episode six, and today we have Jonathan Martinez, Leah Nash, and Garrett Thomas. Okay, Garrett, I just need you to speak up a little more. <laughs> okay, soft spoken. Well, we're gonna jump right into it, and the first question that I'm gonna bring to the table, and actually, Garrett talked to me about this a while ago because I had a totally warped. That's what you said. It was a warped perception of the Father. Is the call of God something that will be undesirable to you? For example, I felt like God was calling me somewhere. And I was like, you know, when I thought about it, I was like, that's not actually bad. Like, I wouldn't mind going there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but that can't be the call of God because I, I would like it. That actually sure. sounds desirable. Sure. The call of God is going to be in Africa in a tiki hut eating uh-huh. mud cakes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. why that's is... culturally insensitive, but okay. why would would that be like a warped view of the father as you said a while ago well um i think the biggest deal is that we have taken to consideration is is god's god and we're not we can either play god try and make ourselves believe that we are god or let god be who he is and so i believe where it warps our view is whenever we start to not understand God's role as our father, right? What does any good father want? He wants what's best for his kids, you know? So it's like it says in Matthew, I'm, I don't know the chapter at the moment, but um, it talks about, you know, we ask for things. Um, and when we ask them, who are we that not to know that God already knows that we need them. God already knows that we need them. God already knows that we, you know, have expect things and, and desire things and need things. He already knows that. But it just says that we're supposed to seek his kingdom first and his righteousness, which is his rule, his kingdom, his power, and everything that we have need of will be added unto us. So I think it messes with our mind and it warps our mind because whenever we start to think on the, the terms of how we think, Right. How we how we want to do things, because if we if we see it at one view, you kind of mentioned earlier about, you know, going somewhere where we don't want to go or doing something that we don't want to do. Right. So we see that opportunity as just us. Okay, well, that's that's just where I'm going, you know. And so if we only if I only look at it as, okay, well, I'm going there and I just see it as miserable, I just see it as challenging i just see it as difficult I, I i don't see any any sort of of outcome or or good thing that could come out of this you see it's not me looking from the father's perspective that's me looking at my perspective you know and so if i understand and i know that god is my father wants what's best for me wants what's good for me and will make that decision because like his word says he already knows what we have need of and I let him make that decision, then that's entrusting him and let him be my father in making that decision and guiding me. And so I think, you know, just kind of opening everything up, I think that's kind of small little tidbit of what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so if that's down your alley of what you're asking. Yeah, kind of. I actually got kind of lost there for a second, honestly. (laughs) But... Were you going to say something? <laughs> I could say, 
No, I get it in the sense of like, there are a lot of things where, because there's that perception out there that God is going to call you somewhere like in the middle of nowhere to like preach and like be miserable, kind of like Jonah and, um, you know, getting into the whale because he wanted, he didn't want to go preach because he was just afraid. And it's like, even like what you were saying, we're looking through our perception, kind of like tunnel vision where we're only seeing like how this will go for me rather than like, what is God going to use me for? That will be greater than what I can, you know, do for myself and what I can plan for myself. And I feel like, um, when God calls you somewhere and you feel like you are going to be miserable, you're going to hate it, that God has the foresight to know that like it will become desirable to you. And like, like for me, when I was called to California, like I was called to come to CLC, I was very scared. I was very troubled about it. And then I came and then because I have, you know, when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, it mirrors your own self and your sense of self and how you perceive everything around you. And because God needed me there and he, you know, because I obeyed him, I grew to love where I was. And God will never put you somewhere where you are going to continue to be miserable because that's not the will of God for your life. Honestly, I totally felt that because <clears throat> I hated it here with a passion. Yeah, you did. <laughs> when I first got here, I was like, this is the dumbest place on the face of the earth. I did Jeez. not want to be here. I wanted to go back home. I was yeah. like, I don't even know why this place exists. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it one more semester a try. Oh my gosh. Now I like love this place. Yeah. And if I hadn't listened to God, I would have never found this. Mm -hmm. Yeah crazy yeah mm -hmm. i know we had talked about this so to be completely honest with you if you can like rephrase it again <laughs> okay because i heard you and i gave an explanation but i really want to like remember okay and, and so really try and emphasize what we're talking do about. you remember when i was talking to you saying like i feel god is okay. calling me to socal okay and i was like there's no way like, God's not calling me SoCal. Because when I thought about it, I was like, I would, honestly, I would like that. I would love to go there. Yeah. But I was like, there's no way. Because God's call is not something I'm going to like. Sure. So I was like, why would he almost okay. reward me? It's starting to help me now. Because you, you you immediately brought up just like, why is your view warped of the Father? And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> to give context. <laughs> uh, so, but that makes more sense now. Because it's like. And that brings everything more to perspective for an answer because it's like, well, basically why I said that it's like, okay, well, basically God doesn't want me to have good things. Yes, that's nice exactly things. what yeah. I was thinking. I was okay, like, that makes more sense I need now. to suffer as a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that, helped, that gives me more context because yeah. when you just, I didn't remember. So I gave my explanation, but now I can give a better one. And I'm sure they can <laughs> chime in yeah, because the first time I was like, I don't know what he's yeah, talking about. Yeah, because I was like, yes. Because like, well, no I gave no. a deep, sincere. Answer. I know, I was like. <laughs> but but in, my mind, in my mind, I was trying to remember. I was like, well, I need to remember what I'm saying, so I need to clarify this. So deep that, before. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> Gosh. So, um, but, okay, I see what you're saying. So you were talking about basically you know, wanting to go where you wanted to go and you putting that away because that's something that you want to do. But you didn't think God was going to do that mm -hmm. because it seemed too good to be true. Yes. Okay. And then that's when I started talking to you. Well, that could warp your view, you know, your father, because, oh, well, you know, I want this. Think about, think about it like this. Any individual in your life, in your lives, in my life, doesn't have to necessarily be a father, you know, but anybody in your life that has taking care of you, that loves you, that have been there for you. Let's say you go to a store, okay, 
And let's say, you know, you go throughout the whole store and this whole time you pass through the candy section at Walmart, right? That is mm-hmm. the most tri- like trialsome <laughs> place to go through because especially when you first, they put that at the front and, mm-hmm. and you know, there's no question why because they want you to immediately see it. <laughs> so, I mean, that snicker bar with the Sprite is waiting on you. <laughs> or the Dr. Pepper. The Dr. Pepper, yeah, that's right. Or for the Southern is the sweet tea. So. But anyway, so, you know, you go through and the whole time, you know, you're in the individual in your life is shopping, you know, doing their thing. And they have stuff they're supposed to do, okay? You know, they have a list, and they seem really troublesome, and they seem like they're not paying attention to you. And all you're thinking of is that Snickers bar or that M&M or that Hershey bar or whatever. And you're hesitant to ask, and you're walking with them, and you're, you know, you're going throughout the store, and you kind of, like, tug on their, their coat or their jacket, and they say, not right now, not right now. And then it kind of pull, pulls you away even more, well, I want a candy bar, but I don't want to ask them because they seemed – too busy. They don't seem like they, they're interested in what I want and what I want to do. And so you don't ask. Well, you go through the whole time, you know, they go through their list, their groceries, and then bit by bit, and you kind of get some more confidence with it. But And you go to ask in, but you just remember the first time you kind of got put aside just for a quick second. And then as you begin to go, you begin to go to the checkout. And as you're going to the checkout, uh, she starts checking, she starts putting everything and they look over at you and they say, hey, well, do you want a Snicker bar or do you, do you want that? And then you kind of look up at them and you're, wait, I can, I can have this. Yeah. Why don't you just ask me? Why don't you just ask me before? Well, I was too concerned because you had everything going on and I didn't seem important to you at the time. I didn't seem valuable to you at the time, but you should have just asked me if you never would have asked. I, you never asked me. You should have asked me. I will make time for you. It's my groceries. And that's how it is with God, with us. You know, I think the biggest disappointment in people in this movement, and just in the relationship with guys, they don't ask. Because God says, ask, and you shall receive. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. You know, everything that you have need of, you need to ask. And, you know, and then, you know, a lot of times, you know, and I've heard my pastor say this, and he said this with excellence. He said it in a sermon of his. You know, a lot of times we say, well, if, if we ask anything according to his will, he'll give it, you know, to the desires of our heart, he'll, he'll give it to us. And he he said something really interesting in, in a sermon of his one time. He said and he explained it's not really that he will give it according to what we want, the desires of our heart. Mm-hmm. Because it says that he give, he will give you the desires of your heart. But my pastor explained it as this, and he said something phenomenal. It really made sense. He will give you the desires of him for him, what he wants in your heart. Because we've always I've always seen it as, well, if you ask anything in my name, or if you ask, then he'll he'll give you whatever you want for the you know desires of your heart. Oh yeah, well, that's what I want. No, 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 no. It's it could be it could be more so the fact of when we ask that he will give us the desires according to him. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it made complete sense to me. So to, to refer back to that story is is simply asking him. That's where it has to begin. Because if we never ask and if we never can conf- talk to God as our father, that's how we get a warped view of him. Because it's just like us. Because here's the thing, it's the same thing with me. And maybe Leah and, and John, we've had things that we've wanted and that we've sought of God, 
but we haven't talked to God. Maybe it's occurred in our mind to, well, oh, well, maybe I don't need to, I don't need to talk to God about that. That's too small. We categorize it yeah. too small. That's too big. Mm-hmm. God would never want that for me. That's too far-fetched. That's not his will. And it, I got to tell you something personal that God told me. I remember God got in my business one time and I was thinking something and it's like he just poked in in my thoughts because I never told it to him. He just stepped into my thoughts. He said, well, how do you know what I'm up to if you've never asked me? Mm. And I stopped and I was like, ooh, that's true. Because I was thinking, well, God, you don't want this. And I, I wasn't going to ask him. But he's like, how do you know what I want if you never asked me? If you never asked for my will, if you never sought me for that. So I think the first thing and making sure that we don't have a warped view of, of our Father, is we need to ask Him. We need to talk to Him. We need to talk to God about SoCal. Mm-hmm. We need to bring that up to Him. Because if you continue carrying on, because that's how it, it gets maneuvered by us, is when we don't ask Him. It's like, it's like if I was to tell Leah, John, or you, I want you to carry all of my belongings in my dorm or my room all the way to my dorm from the very beginning and from the very start. And I, I, don't, I don't tell you to ask anyone for help. And I don't, I don't say anything. I just say, I want you to carry that, those bags to the back of my dorm, right? And you carry it through the whole time. And there's people around you. There's people walking past you. There's your friends. There's your roommates, your dorm room. You're just carrying this load and they're passing you. And you're not asking for help. But it's because we have this one track mind of, well, I got to do this by myself and I can't ask anybody else. Mm-hmm. When in reality, I never said you couldn't ask people for help. And all you had to do is just ask. And that's, yeah. you see, all you do, because asking does two things. Asking enables and enacts the conversation and talking, right? And then secondly, it involves that individual of who you're asking, I need you. I want to involve you. So when you ask God, you're coming to him in communication, but you're asking him and involving him saying, hey, I care about what you want. So that's how we get a warped view of God is whenever we don't talk to him, whenever we try and make the decision on our own, or we make pre-assumptions that will destroy our mind. Not even in the spiritual, just any, anything in life, pre-assumptions. And it's easy to do. Oh, well, they don't like me. Oh, well. You know, if I don't do this, then everybody will think weird of me. It's our human mindset. Mm-hmm. And so we use the humanistic mindset with God sometimes, but we can't do that. So we have to ask. That's what God tells us to do is ask. That's the first thing because he already knows. Like you think, you think me thinking it in my mind is going to separate God from not knowing it? Mm-hmm. No, no. So that made, that helped me out. Yeah. That helped me understand more. <laughs> You know, just because, you know, you, you came in, you're like, hey, when's your warm view of the like, oh, God. <laughs> so, but, but yeah. To, to I would agree with what you said, but honestly, mm-hmm. I feel like in this generation, we only view God as God or as a king. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't view him as a father, mm-hmm. you know. And the reason that happens is because That's growing true. up, some people, they didn't really have a father figure. Mm-hmm. So when they're trying to establish God as their father, sure. they're like, I don't have a father. My father yeah. beat me. He was drunk all the time. Maybe he wasn't there. Yeah. So it's like we have a misconception of God. Yeah. So it's hard for us to comprehend the love of God because we don't have the love yeah. of a natural father, an earthly father. So it's just the misconception that a lot of people have nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you said you said the answer within yourself, in my opinion, and biblically in my opinion, is get the love of God first. 
you know, because it's like Mark Morgan said, like, um, he mentioned about like the Antichrist and the things in, in the end time. The Antichrist will be able to mimic to some degree how God acts and how God does things. Right. He won't be able to mimic the love of God. That's what mm-hmm. Brother Mark Morgan said, if, if I remember correctly. So um, I completely agree. And so once people do get a hold of that love of God, God will be like, hey, I'm that loving father that right. you need. Or I'm that loving father that will take you to where you're supposed to go. And and because that's what's cool about God is you look at it, is he will be everything that you need. Purely everything that you need. So direction, you know, you were mentioning SoCal, and I know some of you juniors and seniors, and I was a senior like a year ago. <laughs> so, I mean, even in my life, looking at, I mean, I'm back in Stockton. Like, That's crazy. Never would have thought that. You so, never thought you'd be here. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. But, you know, God knows. And I think, I think once you get into that, like John, like John was saying, I think once you're, once you get into that process and you realize that God's there with open arms and that his love is perfect and you will see and understand that he is that father that loves cares and will direct you and give you direction of what you need to do and tell you where to go and it, the cool thing is that this is what i'm realizing and i know this is not popular but the correction of the father is yeah. so important to me because i've realized this because and and i know in this society you know don't spank your children like you know mm-hmm. there's no sort of discipline or disciplines down looked in any fashion, in, in any, I mean, you look at the world. Amen. And so it says, it, it shows in, in God's word, those whom he chastens, he, he loves. Those whom he corrects, he loves. And so I think disconnecting correction and putting away correction is almost rejecting God's love to some degree. Yeah. Because it's saying, okay, God will, you know, I'm fine without you. You know, I want you for, you know, the, the good stuff. I want you, I want you when I want you, but I don't want you when I'm wrong. That's pride. And that's not a humble spirit. But you be like, you know, you realize as John said, because the cool the coolest thing about God is is those that haven't had a father figure, he'll be that. Those right. that haven't had that love, he'll be that. So I think asking. As I was mentioning, John said it perfectly. The love of God is important. Um, that's where, you know, coming before God and, and repenting, getting right with God, he'll be right there. And that's whenever the spirit moves over you. and That's when it's undeniable. And accepting the correction because it's pure, the pure correction of God because that's love. Okay, God, I've been wrong. I've sinned against you. I'm I'm in the wrong, but I want to be right. And I think that's where it comes perfect, you know, because you because you look at it like this. The role of a father is to lead his children, direct them in the decisions, and provide for them. And God will perfect every single one of those. Yeah. In every area, every stage of our life, God will. Those. I'll tell you this, man. It's it wasn't easy coming out here at all. It wasn't. It really wasn't. Just to be honest, you know. But I trust my father. 
And I trust this is where he wants me because he knows something I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I could have been like, oh, God bless. Like, God bless. God bless. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, oh, I don't need to be here. Like, God, you don't know what you're doing, you know. And I'm stubborn and I'm fine with admitting that. And I've had times where I've, you know, gone toe to toe with God. I lose, <laughs> period, you know, period. But God always gets it right. If you just are obedient, if you're obedient to God, if you ask God, He will extend His love and He will be ready to correct in a good way to where He directs you and orders you in the way you're supposed to go. He will. In exchange for your obedience and you asking, he will give you love and he will give you correction. Because here's the thing. What if out here wasn't right? What if I made the wrong decision? Mm -hmm. God would correct me. That's not right. It's okay. Let's go over here. Let's do this. You know? So you need, we need that in our life. So without those things and pride, that's how you get a warped view of the father. Because, well, I can do it on my own. I don't, I don't need God. And if I can't have that because that's too nice, that's, that's, that's unrealistic, you know. But God wants us to have nice things. And you just talk to him about it. But then this is when it comes down to this. When you ask God, are you going to be okay with his answer? What do you mean? Right. <laughs> Expound upon that. Well, you know, when you ask... And you talk to him and you tell him, okay, God, this is what I want. This is what I would like. You know, I would like to go there. I would like to do that. You know, and it's fueled by wanting to do something for him. What if he says no? Are we okay with that? No, I don't want you to go there. Or maybe it's not the right time. I don't want you there at that time. Am I going to expect an answer? Am I going to expect a, a cause or like a response or a reason, well, I want a reason. I said, you know, no. Or, yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, well, I'll go on that. <laughs> so, but, so I think, I think knowing who your father is is important. Know, knowing, knowing God and, and who he is, asking him, being obedient to what he says, and then accepting that love and the correction when I'm wrong, because I'm I'm gonna be wrong a lot. No, oh. so I liked what you said when you said, "Are you prepared for the answer?" type of thing. And it reminds me of the book of Matthew, chapter fifteen. There was a woman with a demon possessed daughter, and she came to Jesus knowing that he could deliver the daughter, and Jesus pretty much ignored her. She wasn't expecting Jesus to ignore her. And a lot of times we go up to God in prayer and we're like, "God, like any guidance on this, this, this with." my girlfriend with my job, any of that. And then God doesn't answer us. Mm. And we feel like we're talking to a brick wall sometimes. Mm. And it's like, I feel like once we get a revelation, kind of like we said, the love of God, mm. we know God's style of talking to us. There are going to be times where God ignores us mm. and times where God says no. Because he called this woman, um, it wasn't this one, but somewhere in the Bible, um, he was saying, <laughs> I did not come unless to the lost sheep of the house of Israel or something like that. Yeah. And he called this woman a dog. Yeah. And the dog was known as one of the filthiest, most disgusting, most insulting yeah. animals. So it's like, if you're not expecting God to do these things, don't come to God in prayer. Sure. Because God's not always going to say yes and be kind to you. There's going to be times where he'll give an answer that you don't like. Interesting. 
expound upon that last part again where you just said that what's the point of going to him in prayer? Because there are times where our flesh wants things instantly. Self-gratification is known as a sin. We want things now. So if God tells us no or he ignores us or kind of like this woman kind of gives an answer that seems rude, because God will do that. Yeah. Jesus got mad, flipped tables, you know. Yeah. Jesus can get mad. People don't really like to talk about that. But it's like, mm-hmm. don't. It's like me going to Chris and expecting him to do everything for me. And if he says no, I'm like, forget it. I'm not going to come to you. It's like, well, then don't come to me then. You can't always expect a yes, 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 yes. Sure. Good. <laughs> I feel like um, along with like pride, there's insecurity, which, you know, is a form of pride where, oh, sure. you know, in my life, I've projected my insecurities or my like where I lack my sense of self. I project that onto God and I feel like my self-perception is his perception of me. Therefore, like, thank you. (laughs) I would rather in like I have found, which I'm still like working through. I would rather be, um, I would rather protect myself from disappointment than be rejected. So rather than come to God over and over and like asking the same thing and getting no answer or getting a a no as an answer, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to ask because I'm tired of being disappointed. And that feeling like, it will keep you from God because sure. you are tired of praying. And like, it yeah. keeps you from connecting with God when he yeah. so desperately wants you. But because like you're tired of just like yeah. asking the same thing, getting nothing, yeah. it prevents you from getting to that place. And I remember I had given up on praying for this certain family member and like the, it was a Saturday and then it was Sunday. Pastor Haney preached that Sunday. This was, I think a year ago. And Pastor Haney preached on ask, seek and knock. And he was like, somebody here has given up on praying for somebody, but God is telling you, ask, seek, and knock. And he was like, we believed for my father to like not pass away. And we prayed and we prayed, but he still passed away. He was like, I don't understand like the things of God. Most of the things of God, nobody understands. But he was like, that does not mean that you give up on God. And no, that's something that I still have to like get myself to do because it's, it's a very like, there are a lot of things within our flesh that are really deep seated and it mm-hmm. takes layers upon layers to dig through in order mm-hmm. to really free yourself from it and for God to free you from it. Yeah. And that takes like a lot of work. It takes a yeah. lot of prayer. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Honestly, I think that was a good wrap. I don't even want to go to the second question. <laughs> and I'm tired. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really tired. Yeah, I know. That has been the uh, sixth episode. <laughs> and I am thankful for Garrett, Leah, and Jonathan. Yes. Thanks for having so us. We're going to sign off. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye.